listening to the Practical Perseverance Podcast with Pastor Jonathan Sherwin. This is a conversation about persevering through life's journey in faith as we seek to encourage one another to hold fast to King Jesus. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you enjoy and are encouraged by this episode. Welcome to episode number four of the Practical Perseverance Podcast. My name is Austin King, and I have the privilege to serve alongside uh, Pastor Jonathan Sherwin at Harmony Baptist Church in Crystal Springs. Jonathan, how are you? I'm doing good, Austin. It's um, another great week here in in Kapai County. Um, last week, welcome to Mississippi, by the way. Last week we didn't even have church because we had a huge snow and ice storm. Had a whole lot of, I would say, devastation around here, and, and still is. And so we went from freezing, um, doing redneck bobsledding, pulling people behind four-wheelers and UTVs and bundled up to wearing shorts. Sweating. Sh- yeah. flip Sinuses all messed up. <laughs> yeah. And so we, we say welcome to the SIP. And so, man, but but we're good and, and thankful for um, God seeing us through that journey. Yeah, absolutely. So today we have um, an interesting episode, an interesting topic. Um I feel like we're about four months late with it, but due to to the political climate we're in today, we're going to talk about practically persevering and political differences. Yeah, um, whenever we started talking about this, me and you started bouncing this um, off of each other, and I feel like we're a few months late too, but man, as a pastor, I see and hear things almost daily, and I believe it's still a great opportunity to talk about it. And, and so whenever we talk about politics, even within the church, um, let me first say that you and I are not against politics or politicians, right? My grandfather was involved in politics. He stumped for several politicians back in the day. And I even thought at part of my life that I would be involved in politics. <clears throat> but um, you've been heavily involved in politics. So um, tell us about what you've been involved with, Austin. Yeah, so my grandfather is a, is a pastor, but he also served um, as a Mississippi State Senator for four years and so i i grew up in politics um i grew up campaigning for him and i grew up um when i was a kid i was a little different than the others because um i loved politics i've always loved politics since i was little uh, which is probably not a good thing um but i've campaigned from for him um all throughout those years of i worked on a governor campaign last summer i've worked on u.s senate campaigns um and so I've been heavily involved in politics, and just uh, with with him, I remember my spring breaks when I wasn't playing baseball. I'd be up at the Capitol with my grandfather, following him around everywhere. When when he would go to um, different events and different things, I would always be with him uh, in in campaigns and different things like that. Um, I served as as a um, page in the Senate uh, for three years, and so I've I've always loved politics. I've always been involved in politics. Yeah. So, as I said, we're not against politics, right? However, um, I think me and you talk about this a lot. We all have a political bend. Sure. I mean, we're, we're going to lean one way. Even if we claim to be neutral or anti-government um, or um, anarchist, we all have a political bend of some form or fashion. And so, that being said, man, we live in the United States of America. We're primarily based in the midst of a two-party system. And here's what we do know. 
these this two-party system will never work if it's driven by anger and hatred and that's what we see today it just doesn't work and so when political beings collide there there's always potential issues for conflict and it's like people don't even know how to talk and debate actual issues and honestly it's easy for when politicians can't do it man you and i have a hard time doing it sure and so it's an opportunity, though, for believers. Um, let me just say it this way. It has the opportunity to be damning for the influence of the Christ follower. Absolutely. Let me ask you this. So, so biblically, how are believers supposed to be involved in politics? So I'm going to throw it back at you because you've been involved with it longer than, than, than I have from your perspective. And so I'm you know I like talking about my grandfather. I know like you like talking about your grandfather. So how did you see your grandfather involved biblically in politics? My grandfather is one of the most godly men that I know. Um, just growing up, he is a role model to me. And I watched him as he was in the Senate. Uh, just his peers that he was around, people who were in the Senate with him, uh, people who served in the House across the Capitol with him. Uh, the governor, lieutenant governor, everybody knew that he was a follower of Christ. Um, everybody knew that he loved Christ. Um, and he loved others well as a result, especially across the aisle. It wasn't just people who was the same party as him. Some of his closest friends in the Senate were across the aisle from him. And he still has those um, friendships today. Uh, but his stance for Christian pr- uh, principles, I remember um, he authored the Religious Freedom Restoration Act for Mississippi, and he received a lot, um, a lot of pressure from out of state, a lot of nasty phone calls. I remember um, because he was a pastor. Uh, my grandmother was secretary at his church, and and they, their phone number, the church's phone number was was public knowledge, and they would get calls even at the church, just just nasty. And I remember him getting all that pressure, and he. He spoke on the Senate floor when when all the debate about the bill uh, came up, and he he basically preached on the Senate floor, um, and and everyone just was just talked about um, how well he how well he spoke and how they were moved, and and so everywhere he went, um, they knew that he was a follower of Christ. He was <laughs> he was one of a few uh, members in the Senate who always voted against drinking bills there were there were a handful of people everybody knew that if there was a drinking bill that would come up he was going to vote against it um so everybody knew that his stance and and i think that's because he loved god well and he loved others well it came down to that he loved god and he loved others and that and that was a result as a result of that everybody knew his stance and his his stand for christ and and where where he was with his relationship with christ and that he was a follower of christ and that was obvious everything that he did he did in love no matter whether it was uh an encounter with with someone across the aisle uh whether it was a debate anything like that he always did it with love and he loved god and he loved others well uh, man i so for a believer your grandfather being a pastor man that that's important and that's good and um and I, I think believers need to be involved in politics. But you, you said it this way. You said he loved God and he loved others. Well, at Harmony, that's, that, that revolves around our whole vision right. and mission, that we would be a church filled with people who passionately love God, love people, and make disciples. And that doesn't mean 
people that look like you, think like you, act like you, have the same economic status as you, smell like you, right? That's for any body and the reality is the body the, the body the bible says a lot about um politics and government um and, and much of the bible when you think about it you said biblically where do we where do we you know line up the majority of the bible was written during political oppression um however this political oppression that much of it was written under uh they didn't have much of a choice it was kings and kingdoms right but what we do find out is is through the bible that government was a gift of the people and so if you understand a biblical worldview government is set up by god god ordained government um and it was meant to represent his authority and government was given i guess you would say it this way uh, one particular job description administer laws for good it was meant for good. We've been reading through the story of Exodus, right? And everything that you see, even that God gave Moses to lead the people, it was it was almost this tit for tat. Um, hey, I'm going to give you this. It's going to be for your good. And if you don't follow it, there's going to be consequences. And so most laws are good. I mean, me and you can walk around the street primarily safe today because of laws. And so it's meant for good. And so... There's four things I, I I think biblically that believers should do when it relates to politics. Um, number one, I should care about elections. I should. I mean, I should care about voting to elect as much as possible trustworthy, moral leaders. Um, because the reality is what politicians can do is pass laws that promote good and restrain evil. I mean, it's for, for record's sake, it is... February the 28th, 2021, we just left a presidency of Donald J. Trump, and now we have President Biden. Already, he has administered no telling how many executive orders that has reversed much of what President Trump did. I'm not saying good, um, bad, and different to that. I'm just saying that Man, leaders have that ability to pass laws that promote good and restrain evil. And so they can help restrain and normalize the way community operates. Um, But let me say it this way. But even so, politicians and elections is not where we place our hope. Mm -hmm. Um, God gives you and I the opportunity to be part of the process to elect leaders. They didn't have that in, in the Bible. And so we should really care about elections um number two i should pray for my leaders i should pray for politicians Mm -hmm. those that have authority um over my life man the bible says in first timothy chapter two first of all then i urge that supplications prayers intercessions and thanksgiving be made for all people for kings and all who are in high positions that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life godly and dignified in every way this is good, and, it's a ple- and it is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Austin, why did your granddaddy, why did your grandpa, why, why did he love God and love people even on the Senate floor? That's what he's called to do. That's what we're called as, as believers to do, uh, is to love God and do love Do you think people. you made a difference? Absolutely. Do you think people probably, their relationship in Christ— grew because of 
their relationship with your grandpa and they saw genuine Christianity. Absolutely. There you go. And so, man, I should pray for good for my leaders. You'll, you'll hear it say this way. Donald Trump's not my president. You're already hearing it. Joe Biden's not my president. Yeah, he is. What's my response as a believer? Pray, even for those we don't agree with. Even those we don't agree with. Pray for wisdom. Pray for moral hearts. <clears throat> and so, in our worldview and mindset, it's much easier to for you to rip politicians in conversation than to pray for them. But that's not what the Bible says. The mm -hmm. Bible says to pray for our leaders. Man, pray that God would raise up um, godly leaders because ultimately it's God that raises up and puts down, right? Mm -hmm. Man, it's the king's heart um, that God has his hand on. And so, um, man, we should pray that God, if God can transform murderers, prostitutes, demon-possessed, if the God of the Bible can transform the people in the Bible, he can transform a president. Mm -hmm. We should pray for him. Um, number three, I should respect my leaders. Um, and here's the big one. Um, I, should, I should show respect for leaders. And I think this is where showing respect and disagreeing is not the same the same thing um i disagree with much in politics but there should still be a respect for the authority of the position mm -hmm. um first peter 2 13 and 17 says be subject to the lord for the lord's sake to every human institution whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good for this is the will of god that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Let me stop right there. Even before I read this this last verse, I, man, that's what as a as a Christ follower, as a pastor, as a as a guy that desires to lead people to pursue after King Jesus. I, I guess that's what rattles me is is um, we're not we're not silent enough. We feel like, well, if it's on my mind and on my heart, I need to get it out regardless of the rant. But we don't realize that just living in peace much of the time puts silence to the ignorant or the foolish person. Let them dig their own grave. I mean, that, that's, you know, a, a language. Let, let them do damage. Whenever I'm in unbiblical rants, I'm doing more damage than good. Mm -hmm. um, and so verse 16, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. But here's the thing, fourth thing. All of this does not mean that all leaders are good, nor should I follow in authority all leaders and here's what i mean by that i don't follow authorities of governments over god um, therefore i should not let politics overtake my life i shouldn't but it seems like we let politics overtake our life mm -hmm. every two years especially every four years whenever you, we have you know presidential elections and 
Paul David Tripp said it this way, the hope of the people of God is never in political power. Let me say that again. Our greatest power is not political. And the minute you believe that your greatest power politically, your greatest power is political influence, you will compromise the gospel. It always happens. You see, our power is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ because the gospel of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ has the power to do what politics could never, ever do, and that is rescue and transform the heart of a person. Yeah, that's good stuff. So I should care about elections. I should care um, about voting to elect trustworthy and moral leaders. I should pray for leaders daily, uh, those I agree with and those I disagree with. I should show respect to leaders. Um but I should not let politics overtake my life. Uh, that's good stuff. I know it's easy to let political climate influence my attitude. I've seen the bad of politics and the anger of debate. I used to be the world's worst. <laughs> Facebook. Um, I would get so angry when when people would, would slander my grandfather or this or that. Yeah, one of them used to go to church with me, by the way. <laughs> And I remember it did absolutely no good. It, um, I don't think I ever persuaded anybody uh, to go on my, on my side. So how does how does Christ followers make a difference when there are political bends that collide? So I'm gonna try to be practical in this approach, and I would say it one, it's not exhaustive. Um, two, this is just for me, all right. And so, number one. Seek first the kingdom of God. And I know that sounds like a Sunday school answer. I know it may even sound preachy. But if I remember first things first and what's primary, boy, this sure does help me in everything else. When Jesus himself says, seek my kingdom, seek my righteousness, not to seek your political ideology, not to seek your patriotic initiative, seek my kingdom over everything and seek my righteousness and so for me i have to ensure that my identity is more rooted in christ than in a political party and the reality is is many people that get on social media and rant um and that's your prerogative you have the right to do that but as a christ follower whenever that's all it is I'm showing that my identity is more in a political party than it is in Christ. And so our loyalty must be higher to Christ's ways, purpose, and truth, so that um, we're not swayed by mere human opinion. I mean, and that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, know when to talk and when not to. Well, I think this is powerful. Know when to talk and when not to. Um, there are some things that, are just not worth talking about and ranting over. Um, I've had tons of people that have told me, why don't you speak out on this issue? Why don't you talk about this issue? Um, let me just say it this way. I don't talk about politics a whole lot. Now I will whenever like, it's me and you or it's me and some buddies. Or, but in large groups, um, I don't. Um, there's two reasons why. One, because 95% of the people in my circle think like me politically. So why rant? 
Um, I don't harp on things that I have zero control over. Um, most things that I disagree with happens in, happens in cities that my voice is not heard in. And a lot of the things that we see politically that we disagree are not happening in our circle. They're happening through large cities that have extreme voices. My voice does not reach to California. My voice doesn't reach to New York or Minnesota or Maine or Vermont or Virginia. My voice resonates right here. And so if it's something in my city that's affecting my city, man, you can bet your bottom dollar I'm going to let my voice be heard. I, and that, that's, that's mean. But if I begin to let my voice be heard on every single issue, people are going to begin to pay attention more to my rant um, and see my attitude and the influence that it has um, in people's persuasions than Christ. And mm -hmm. I want them to see ultimately Christ. Right. And so I've got to know when to talk and not when to. Um, number three, show grace. And so, um, boy, that's that should just be in any circumstance, show grace. And so I, I realized a few years ago that not everyone thinks like me. Um, I, I had a guy that he had been trying to lead him to the Lord. He'd been visiting our church. Um, we had a family that was extremely involved in politics um, at the church that I was at. And they, and they never were, but they became really involved in political agendas. And so they brought some flyers um, to church and said, hey, we want to promote this guy. Um, and I led them. Not thinking, I didn't know when to say yes and when to say no. My yes was not yes and my no was not no. And I had this guy that I'd been trying to lead to the Lord and he walks out and he sees these flyers on the back table and he stops and he grabs my hands and he looks at me and he says, hey, Brother Jonathan, um, man, I, I sure hope the church is not trying to get involved in politics. And I went, no, sir, it's sure not. And I went immediately right then and picked all of them up and went and put them in a drawer and told the family, hey, um, I put these in a drawer, and if you want to take them, you can take them, but we're not putting them here. I had to show grace to both of those families because I was called to minister to both of those families. Um, and so, man, our, our political climate says, if you don't think like me, then you're the enemy. And that's not the case. Um, I, I minister to a lot of people that have different political perspectives. And so I've got to learn how to show grace yeah. just to people. Um, Dr. Steve Whitaker said it this way, let's demonstrate the character of Christ in our words, actions, and deeds. We must not engage in character assassinations of those with whom we disagree or use bombastic words or antics laced with hateful undertones. Those who see the world through a lens other than Christianity are still precious in the sight of their creator. That's huge. We must extend grace and kindness regardless of political affiliation, religious preference, or personal behaviors. And so, man, that is huge. And, and fourth and last, make the right stands. Man, know when to stand. Know when to stand. 
And if you can't stand for all things gospel driven, then man, you're gonna you're gonna fall easily at the persuasion of human opinion. Um, and there's there's a there's a time to stand. Make the right ones. Um, know what you're willing to stand for. Know when to say yes and know when to say no. And I I believe politics is going to push ultimately the religious climate, the religious freedom climate. It already is. We're already seeing it. I mean, this isn't a new thing. I mean, this is years and years and years and years and years in the making. But I do believe that it's going to become a day where um, you're going to have to learn to stand and you're going to have to make the right stands, not the political stand, the gospel stand. And so if I could encourage you in, in those four things, I think it would be extremely practical to how you and I deal with politicians, politics, and the people around us mm-hmm. in whom we've called to make a difference in. Absolutely. And everything you just talked about, um, I've especially come to learn since I started teaching this year. I've got kids who are really across the aisle from me. Um, I've got I've got kids who are um, homosexuals. I've got kids who identify as, as different genders. But yet I cannot sit there and um, just point all that out. I can't sit there and as I teach, which is easy to do when you're teaching history, teach from um, political bias. I'm, I'm trying to reach those kids. I'm trying to share the gospel with those kids through my actions and through my words. And so just as you said earlier, I cannot sit there and have um, rants, and I cannot sit there and have political bends in, in the way I teach. And so that is that is really important. People watch you, and people see the things that you do and the things that you say. Um, Facebook is the worst. Um, people, you can lose your witness really quick by the way that you go on rants by the way that you um, completely downgrade a politician or, or a political issue. And so my encouragement would be just be careful. Um, you do not want to hurt your witness. We're called to love God yeah. and love people. And we can't do that if, if we're sitting there doing exactly what we just talked about. But that, I mean, that, that's the case. And I think that's why we felt called to do this. More Absolutely. people have hurt their witness than helped right. it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we pray that this has been an encouragement to you um, today. Uh, we thank you for, for joining us today for, for this fourth episode, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next month. Thanks again for listening to the Practical Perseverance Podcast. We pray today's episode encouraged you to keep pressing in perseverance. To know more about Pastor Jonathan, Harmony, and our ministry, you can go to www.harmonycsms.com. We hope you join us next month for another episode.